award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching and listening. Got a fun show for you today. Mr. Don King helping me shuffle the cards around the table this morning. Yes, Jason, thanks for dealing me in. Appreciate that. Yeah, excited about today's show. I am, too. Uh, first, I want to highlight a few things, right? Yeah, you bet. When, you know, we always do it. Quick shout out to our radio partners. You know, there's a lot of social media and stuff that we're on as well with the podcast. But uh, our radio listeners uh, are very loyal, and uh, we appreciate WOKI in Knoxville, especially News Talk 98.7. We're on there Saturdays, Saturday afternoons, 1:30 to 2. Kind of prime time and Saturday afternoon. You yeah, know? that's so, cool. Uh, anyway, we appreciate WOKI very much, and. Uh, I love the Knoxville area. Just was just in the area this past week, and uh, it's a fun place to be. I know we get a lot of feedback from folks that that hear us on that that station. So uh, that's that's always a good thing. Yeah, and uh, it's always a good thing to uh, visit our our e store shop.gooutdoorstennessee.com to pick up the latest gear. Don's got a nice uh, brown and tan uh, khaki and maybe a colored hat. I like it. Oh yeah, and if I turn 180 degrees around. You'll be able to see the uh, little state emblem on the back. Let's look at it. There you go. Uh, maybe you could see that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, if you're listening, it's a cool hat. Yeah, it is. And, it, and it's great for uh, the cold weather, too. So Yeah, it's a full full body hat. Uh, we got some of the mesh backs. You know, you can get those online, too. A lot to choose from on our, on yep. our e-store. Yep. Check out the store. There's... There, besides the caps, there's uh, other stuff too that mm-hmm. make great stocking stuffers there and you uh, go. prime Christmas gifts. There. there you go. There you go. Good, good, good plug there, Don. Yeah. Well, it's always fun to have Mr. Jason Holland in the studio. Hey, and hey, he, hey. he is back again for uh, a fun episode today. I'm excited. Today's going to be a good time. Well, yeah. we always have fun. We always now, do. Now, hopefully everybody listening gets to enjoy it as much as we do, but all <laughs> I know is when I walk out of here, I'm still smiling, so it is one of my favorite things to do. Well, it's been a while since you've been in, but uh, Thanksgiving was a few weeks ago. Did you have a happy one? Uh, I did. Uh, just like everybody else, I ate too much and then griped all night long about how much I ate <laughs> to only go back into the kitchen like around 8.30 or 9 o'clock and do it all again Right. Uh, yeah. to wake up on Friday, miserable leftovers. Say, yeah, say yes. I'm never going to do that. Eat that much again, and then roll right back into it. Uh, you know, for breakfast, and then apparently for lunch. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but we fix. Apparently, we got I don't know, give or take 15 or so uh, that come over for Thanksgiving. Yet we cook for 150 to 200, right? Somewhere yeah, yeah. in that range. And so, uh, <laughs> being frugal, uh, we're going to eat on that until either it's all gone or it spoils. Uh, but we're. My wife is not cooking for a solid seven days after Thanksgiving. They make freezer bags. You can freeze it. We could. Yeah. We could. That requires way too much planning and forethought. We're just going to eat till we throw up, uh, you know, puke and rally and go right back in and do it all over. This, yeah. is, this is the Holland tradition. This is what we do. Shortly after I got married, Jason, uh, my wife grew up in a family with six kids, and she did a lot of the cooking because she was the oldest, uh, one of the oldest, second oldest. But anyway, she, she was tasked with a lot of the cooking and uh so i come home uh shortly after we got married she's fixed this really nice meal and it's like there's food everywhere and i'm thinking (laughs) i said who's coming over she said what do you mean i said this there's enough food here for eight people what do you what do you what is up with this 
well, that's just the way I cook. That's the way <laughs> I grew up, you know, because I had to cook for a lot. I said, okay. Yeah. So anyway. Well, you did. You a couple did, of days worth. Yeah. yeah well, right. you did very smart. You didn't do something I probably would have done, which would have been either making a snide remark or about how much I just wasted or something, and then she never would have cooked again. <laughs> See, this is this is where you have wisdom. Yeah. yeah. This is where you have an idiot. This is what would have happened. Uh, you played it very well. Uh, I don't know I would have played it that calm. I probably should have. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, now, we had, a, we had a great time. Thanksgiving is probably, uh, like everybody else, it's one of our favorite times. Uh, we'll get to come together as a family and just make it a priority and uh and of course everybody loves to get all fat and happy mm-hmm. then they turn around and go shopping on friday and it's just a it's a big ordeal busy yeah it was a great time but it's though. a good time yeah, yeah for so. sure well today uh we're talking about rods we are talking all about rods right? everything about fishing and so we've done obviously quite a few shows and uh, we always kind of hit a little bit on the rod uh-huh. and it's great but today uh we're gonna dive Really, really deep Deeper. into fishing rod. I mean, really, really yeah. deep, and not so deep that it's boring. But uh, the goal is to one, hopefully, give everybody listening something they hadn't heard about or another way to do it. But more importantly, really try to book in what it means when you see a fishing rod, when you read the label. Obviously, just how long it is, but really all the other pieces that go with it. So we're gonna try to make it. Very informative, but not overwhelming, not get too far in the weeds and then just lose everybody. And then we're also talking about, uh, you know, we're going into winter, uh, cleaning the rod, what's a good way to clean it, mm-hmm. uh, way to store it, and just high level on uh, really what to do with the rod when, uh, you know, you may be more focused on deer hunting or t- duck hunting at this point. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, when you walk into a store, it's not just five or six rods there. There's sometimes hundreds of some of these bigger uh, you know outdoor stores so there's a reason there are so many and there's a reason there's so all those little numbers and and informations on the side so yeah there really is i mean it can be way overwhelming um especially if you're just getting the fishing only been fishing for a little while you walk in i uh, just pick any big box store local retailer uh, it doesn't matter and there is rods everywhere mm-hmm. and there, to your point yes there's a reason why uh but more importantly, the main thing is having a good grasp of what they do. Like, for instance, when we talked about crankbaits, right? We, we talked about what it does, what to look for, and really know what you're getting. Well, that's the same thing with fishing rods. We can spend hours going over the nuances of fishing rods, which we don't have time for, and uh-huh. nobody would be listening by the time we got done <laughs> other than the diehards. Uh, but there is some, you know, some parameters that will help, uh, hopefully from this show, help people make some better choices. So... With that, we're going to dive in. Is that do good it. with you guys? Yeah, yeah. Right. do it. Let's go. All right, so everything we're talking about today is pretty much going to be around the freshwater fishing. So we're not going to get any type of salt water, but uh, we're going to talk just pretty much freshwater fishing rods, mainly on the bass side of things. But what we're going to talk about will encompass bass fishing, you know, panfish, catfish. doesn't really matter, but as long as it's freshwater, it's really what we're going to talk about. Okay. And there's two types of fishing rods. And we're going to get really basic, and then we'll get a little bit deeper. Of course, you have a bait casting, and you have a spinning all right, these are the two type of rods that are out there. Uh, just as a good rule of thumb, if you're throwing a lighter bait, you want to throw a spinning rod. Mm-hmm. If you're throwing a heavier bait or more power fishing, right, you're, you're chunking and winding, as the term goes, uh, typically you're going to want to use a bait caster. Now, I will tell you, learning to throw a bait caster is much more difficult than uh, a spinning uh, a spinning rod setup. I spent many days in the parking lot in my apartment in college casting those little rubber deals out in the you know, Oh, yeah, little rubber triangles? Yeah. yeah. Practicing, practicing. Yeah, I've got uh, my eight-year-old son. He uh, he takes his, his little spinning rod, and 
he goes out there and throws it around and mm-hmm. breaks it off and hits windows and dogs <laughs> and everything else. But yeah, it wasn't until college till I picked up a baitcaster, and it yeah, practice is important with those things. It yeah. is. It takes now. What's really cool is just where technology has come back from. When I started, you take twenty five plus years ago. I'm giving my age now, mm-hmm. but uh, the technology has ramped up considerably in that amount of time and so the learning curve has dramatically uh shrank and now they even have you know electronic reels today that uh, you can't backlash it oh yeah you can take and just throw it up against the wall and it will not backlash so wow uh, technology has gotten better and so it's shortened that curve a little bit but most people uh when they're younger starting into fishing or if you're older and not into fishing you most people start with a spinning rod because it's really hard to mess it up doesn't take a lot of skill to cast it they work great if you're throwing smaller, you know, smaller weights, smaller worms, smaller crankbaits. Mm-hmm. It allows to get a smaller bait out further. Again, going to bait casters, uh, heavier weights, and you have more power typically right. with those. So that's about uh, high level on the fishing rods. So today we're going to uh, – I'm a big fan of casting fishing rods. If you listen to this show or watch this show at all, you know that. A uh, mm-hmm. couple reasons why. Uh, first and foremost, they're the only rod that's 100% made here. Um, to me, that's very, very important, and uh, to a lot of people in the fishing community. Don't uh, have to worry about those cargo ships sitting in the Yeah, you don't. I mean, that's what's... Port, it, you know. it, and it's... I know we, we say that jokingly, but it, it really has... Because most of that stuff comes from overseas, uh, the cash and brand has been able to grow leaps and bounds. Yeah, Because right. they're the only one that had product for a uh-huh. long, long time. Uh so not only does that help from a supply and uh, and stocking standpoint, but I'm a big fan of you know employing people here, making products best as much as we can here, sure. and and supporting the country. And so yep. uh, that's what drew me to the rod initially. And then of course uh, they are carbon fiber, uh, extremely light, extremely durable. Um, good, again, that, good product. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of cash and fishing rods. And so today, what we're going to talk about for guys that are watching, uh, we're going to be using cash and fishing rods. Um, but for guys that are listening. Just so you know, that's the rod that we're talking about. Yeah. So we're going to uh, jump straight into uh, the spinning reel. Excuse me, spinning rod. Uh, <clears throat> so there is uh, specific reels. If you guys are watching, I just hung up on my mic. Uh, that was a lot of fun and really embarrassing. Backlashed on your, yeah, uh, I mean, on your headset. These I mean, work better on boats than they do in studios. Yeah, a lot I'm times. the only guy that's ever backlashed on a microphone. <laughs> Todd, make sure you make a note of that. We'll put that in the comments somewhere because that's going to be a lot of fun to make fun of me on that. But uh, a spinning rod, the guides, the line guides are facing downward. And the different sizes. Uh, there are. So... Let me back up real quick. There is sizes from a six foot long, basically up to an eight foot long uh, on rods and for freshwater. Mm-hmm. They make some longer for if you're surf surf fishing and different things. But really, six foot to eight foot is the length of the rod. I, I will tell you, most rods when you start off and hey, I've got to go buy one fishing rod. Uh, you want to buy one that's either six foot six inches up to seven foot. That's really going to be your that's going to be your workhorse, uh, your best all around length of a fishing rod. Uh-huh. Well, we'll just stay there real quick. And so when you're looking at it, a fishing rod has a power and it has an action. Very simply, the power means is how much, literally, how much power does the rod have, meaning how how strong is that rod. And you will match up how strong it is or how the power is compared to what type of fishing that you're going to do. If you're going middle of the road and you're looking, just say, I'm going to buy one or two rods, you want to buy a rod that is medium heavy on the power side. It's all around. Uh, you can throw pretty much most of anything uh-huh. uh, in that medium heavy range. Mm-hmm. And a spinning rod, 
Uh, let me back up. Medium heavy on your bait casters, on your spinning rod, you probably want to go with a medium. All right, a medium is going to give you the most in a spinning rod because, again, you're going to throw typically smaller baits, lighter baits with a spinning rod. So on your spinning rod, get a medium power. On your bait casters, get a medium heavy. Okay. Six foot six to seven foot long. Okay. That's high level. We'll keep it very simple and keep it there. Now, the next thing you want to talk about is the action of the rod, right? You got the power, which is the backbone, and then you have your action. So your action is going to be at the tip of the rod. Uh, and they have anywhere from fast, mod fast, uh, to a moderate. And all that means is how much bend, and we're going to keep it really simple, how much bend that the rod has in it. All right, so you got your, again, your power's your backbone and your action. And most, most of the action you're going to want is either going to be a moderate fast or a fast action, which means the tip of the rod is going to fast. It's going to bend very fast. Bend easier, I guess you could Correct. Uh, great way to put it. So it's going to mm -hmm. bend much easier if you had a, a moderate action, and it's not going to bend as easy. Yeah. Uh, and really, that goes along with what exactly that you're fishing for. Again, on a spinning rod, we want a medium power. And we want a fast action because, again, these are smaller, lighter baits. Crappie fishing, same type of deal, right? You uh -huh. want a lot of bend in that rod. Mm -hmm. You want a lot of give, and so you're not out there fishing with a telephone pole trying to catch. <laughs> hey, it makes know. it more fun, too, on a smaller fish. It does. I mean, you can even go down to a, a they call them a micro light, mm -hmm. which is a super, I mean, it's it's a wet noodle. Um, <laughs> you don't have much power to fight them, horse them in, but there's a ton of fun. Yeah. You catch a small to medium-sized bluegill on an ultralight, yeah, you're having a time of your life. It yeah. is a great fight on a real small fish. Uh -huh. So uh, that is a spinning rod. We talked about power. We talked about action. And so, again, lighter baits, smaller baits. Now, And this so people know, if, if you see one, uh, the eyes on the um, – if you're looking at them, the eyes are, are different sizes, right? Correct. On a spinning, spinning rod. On a spinning rod, the eyes are going to be much longer, um, and they're going to be facing down. Now, I have seen – People that just start fishing a spinning rod and reel, and they'll actually have it turn backwards. And so they're literally the reel. When you fish a spinning rod, the reel will be hanging underneath the rod. Yep. So just if you have it and you're doing it the other way, uh, feel free to do it. You're just you're just doing it wrong. So <laughs> it's just backwards. It's just backwards, and we're probably going to laugh at you. Uh, but gravity's working against you. Yeah, too. yeah, you're working way too hard <laughs> holding that thing on top. Yeah, yeah. So that on a spinning rod and reel, the reel uh, will be underneath the rod, and the line guides will be facing toward the dirt. Uh -huh. Right. So everything's pointing downward. So. I, I, and this kind of varies a little, or, or goes off track just a hair. But the reel, do you reel with your right or your left? So does it matter? Uh, it it's really personal preference. So when I first started, um, I started. I was like, "Oh, I'm right-handed. I want to reel with my right hand." And so that's how when I was fishing a spinning rod and reel, uh, I moved the handle to the right side. Mm -hmm. Well, for whatever reason, I started watching all the other professional fishermen, and they're all right-handed, yet they're reeling with their left hand. Uh, excuse me, mm -hmm. I had it backwards. There, I had it in. Left hand reeling right-handed, but these guys have it in the right hand, they're reeling it left-handed. I was like, why are they doing that? But when you think about it, when you're casting, if you're right-handed, you can cast with your right hand, and then you don't have to transition from your right hand to your left hand to right. right-handed. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, that makes more sense from an efficiency standpoint, so that's why they're doing it. When I made the switch, I, I looked like it, it was ugly. <laughs> I mean, 
ugly how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it was everything was backwards. But once I kind of got in the rhythm, it does make more sense if you're looking from a uh, just time savings and now moving back and forth. I can cast it now with my right hand. Your strong Look. arm setting the hook. You got it. I'm casting my right hand. I'm setting my hook with the right hand, and I'm reeling with my left hand. I don't have to transition that rod back and forth. And I think of it like baseball, too. If you're right-handed, you're going to throw with your right hand. If you're going to be – if you're looking for accuracy with your right hand in where you're casting, that, yeah. that can play I like that. toward that. Yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And yeah. so going back over to the uh, – the bait casting side. So I started off, you know, casting right-handed and reeling right-handed. Everything was fine. And then I started sending all these guys that were, when they're flipping. And all I mean flipping is they're just doing a little short five or ten foot flip of the bait. Right. Bouncing it a couple times and reeling it back in. Well, they were reeling with their left hand because same concept. They could go and pitch the bait with the right hand and they never have to move the rod back and forth. So I tried that for a while and said, you know what, I, that, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I, I've, I've learned how to reel left-handed on a, on a spinning rod. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a lot of guys that will, when they're pitching and flipping, they will uh, reel left-handed. So that was a very long-winded answer to say, uh, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> just don't turn the rod upside down. Just don't. Don't put it on top. Yeah, don't. Don't. <laughs> use the reel. It, yeah, don't use your spinning rod upside down. If you're looking at the reel while you're reeling it, you, you got it upside down. So uh, just go Google it, see a picture, yeah. and that'll all make sense. There you yeah. Go. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we'll keep the raw rolling because we still got a lot to get to. All right, on a bait casting rod, small eyes all the way up, right? Yeah. So. Uh, Another benefit, and I'm trying not to hook myself and make myself look stupid again on camera, <laughs> uh, on a bait casting rod, uh, a couple things are different. One, your uh, the guides, the line guides are up. So when you're looking at it, you'll be looking at the line guides on a spinning rod. They were upside down or facing the ground. These are facing up the, to the sky. You have a much, a much smaller line guide compared to a uh, spinning rod. Now, Cashin actually uses what's called micro guides, which makes it even smaller. Mm. The question always comes up is why would you use micro guides opposed to just the normal fishing line guides that we always seen and have always seen on fishing rods? Well, when you cast a bait, your rod, obviously, your, excuse me, your line leaves your reel and it's going through the line guides. Well, if you slow it down and look at it slow motion, it's not going straight through those guides, it's actually going completely around. It's making a full mm. circle around those guides. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at them, typically they will start larger and they will get a little bit smaller uh, as it goes down the rod. And you're just compressing. That line is getting smaller, compressed as it spins. Well, when you go to a micro guide, it takes less energy for that line to go all the way around a line guide. And so now it's you're making a much smaller, tighter loop as it's going through the line guide. So when you think about it from a geometry standpoint you're not losing you're not getting as much friction you don't have as much distance of the line to go around the line guide so you're squeezing it which gives you additional casting distance Hmm. Uh, so there's studies out there and i don't know the specifics i won't even act like i do but it's anywhere between 15 to 20 percent additional casting length that you get by using a micro guide and so on the cash and fishing rods all of their icon series uh use micro guides again it's the whole system a very very sensitive rod, uh, and you get additional casting distance with the micro guides. So, Cashin also makes some other rods. Uh, their new core series, their new um, uh, CK series, do not use micro guides for. The, if there's that guy out there that says, "Hey, you know what? 
I hear you. I just don't mm-hmm. like them. Yeah. No problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have different series depending on what you want. But their their mainstay rod, which is their icon, does have micro guides. Gotcha. So staying with the casting rod, uh, typically these rods are going to be a little bit longer. In length. You can, they, again, they make them all length from 6 foot to 8 foot. But typically, if you're going to go out and buy a casting rod, you want that around 7 footer. Uh, you want a medium heavy, and you want a fast action. That's going to cover most of the gamut of any fishing that you want to do. Again, if you're using a bait caster, most of the time, it, it, well, a lot of the time, you're going to be using bottom, bottom, uh, bottom baits or bottom hopping baits. There's a lot of different terms for it. Basically, something on the bottom you're dragging or you're mm-hmm. hopping. Uh-huh. Uh, you're pulling it through rocks, brush, weeds, mud, whatever. Uh, and so you want a little bit stronger rod. And a bait caster gives you that uh, additional leverage and additional backbone. Um, you can't throw as light a baits, so you can't take like a one sixteenth um, mm. crappie jig yeah. and, and throw it on a bait caster. Hey, you can, you just won't get any distance, <laughs> and you're going to be miserable. Uh, it's just, it just, it's just not probably going to backlash or something. Yeah, it's just not, it's <laughs> just not made yeah. uh, for that. In that case, grab a grab a spinning rod. But uh, bait castings, great for crankbaits. Bottom hopping baits, spinner baits, the list goes on and on. So mm-hmm. they're very versatile. Again, get that. My personal opinion would be you get a seven foot medium heavy fast action rod, you're golden. In rods, they make all different types of rods uh, lengthwise, but they also make very technique specific rods. So you'll have rods that are tweaked just a little bit for a certain type of bait. For instance, uh, Cashin makes a chatterbait rod so a chatterbait is a vibrating jig that's very very popular mm-hmm. replaced a lot of people are replacing spinnerbaits are throwing them as much or more than spinnerbaits well they make a rod designed specifically for chatterbait it's got a good backbone but it actually has a more parabolic bend so it allows the, the fish to take the bait and the rod to load up before it actually sets the hook mm. parabolic bend uh it's a deep word feel free to google it all that means is where the bend is in the rod and then to where it stops mm. where it stops bending all right that is your your curve or your parabolic bend and all that means is how much how much action is in the rod until it actually gets into the power side uh, the more I, more bend the more power no it's okay. the other way around opposite uh less bend more power okay now do you think, oh, well, I want, I don't want no bend, right? I want a super stiff rod. I can mm. jerk them out of anything. Well, the problem is that you're going to jerk it right out of their mouth, right? That hook needs to drive into – they need to bite it. You need to drive the hook home, and that bend will help – it will help you get that good hook penetration and setting in their mouth, but you also have the power on the backside to drag them out. So you need a combination of both. Back years ago, when the flipping stick first came out, I mean, it was basically a broomstick. Mm. I mean, it, it was yeah. just a solid stick. Like, oh, well, I want any bend. Well, what happens? Two things. One, you don't get a good hook set. Uh, number two, you lose the the, the, the rubber band effect, which is what a, for easy conversation, right? You need that rod to give. That is your that is your rubber band. As they fight and pull, you want that rod working uh, yeah, and that yeah. consistent pull. you got to let them go a little bit. Yeah. You do. and just, So if not, you're going to wind up, if it's just real stiff, you're going to rip it right out of their lip. Mm-hmm. I mean, their lips are, uh, and their mouths are pretty thin. And uh, if you're just straight dragging it, then you're going to rip the you know, rip a hole and it's going to come out. Right. Um, and you're, you're going to lose that that fighting the fish action. And ultimately, that's that's the whole part. And that's the fun part, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's the fight. And yeah, so yeah. I don't want to take them and, and drag them in. So anyway, we're getting a little off topic. But parabolic bend is it's really just the, the bend of the rod. Allows you to work. All right, so, oh boy, Todd, you're gonna have to edit that out. I'm hitting the ceiling now. I'm just 
Well, time is uh, time is crunching here. So do are you we wanna, really that fast? Yeah, we're I, moving. I gotta quit talking so much. What about uh, let's talk about uh, storage and covers? You brought a, a cover there. Or, or? I did. So uh, for guys that are watching, this is a rod cover. Uh, it is just it's woven uh, fabric. That's the wrong word. Excuse me. It's uh, woven. I don't even know what you call it. Just it's kind uh, of like a plastic type. Yeah, kind material. of. Yeah, there you go. It's woven something. Uh, and basically what that does is it goes over the rod. Um, not only does it protect the rod, so a uh, great example is if you've got three or four rods and you go in the lake, you put a rod cover on it, uh, keeps them from banging. Uh, mm-hmm. More importantly is it keeps that line from tangling on all the other line guides uh, in your other rods. So rod covers are a great investment. Uh, Cashin actually makes this one. There's another company called Upgrade Fishing. Uh, they're based out of Arizona. Make a fantastic rock cover. They make them in spinning, make them in casting, and they make them all different lengths and colors and all kinds of fun stuff. They're cool. a very, very cheap investment to make your life easier. Yeah. There's another company out there called Cal Coast Fisting, Fishing. Excuse me, Cal Coast Fishing. They make a, a thing called a rod mule. All it is, it's a, it's a way to carry multiple rods, um, combine them all into one, and gives you a strap. Uh, for guys that are fishing from the bank, carrying several rods, or uh-huh. co-anglers, mm-hmm. guys that are moving from boat to boat, maybe tournament fishing, or if you're just going with your buddies and you got several rods you're taking, go check out the Rod Mule. I'm not endorsed by any. I'm not selling. And I get zero money telling you. They're just really great tools uh-huh. uh, to make it much easier in regards to organizing and uh, carrying rods and protecting them. Cool name, too. Yeah. Cal Coast Fishing. Obviously, Cal, they're from California, yeah. the West Coast. But, uh, other thing we'll talk about real quick is cleaning. So we're going into that time of year where uh, once their season, duck season's over, you're going to have that really cold spell. Uh, typically in January, I do a lot of tackle organization, make some jigs, all that kind of stuff. But I will take the, that time to clean my rods and reels. Not going to go into how you break down and clean a reel. Um, go YouTube that. Really easy to do. Super easy uh, process. Not hard. Keep them clean. Keep them greased and oiled up. But when it comes to your rod, so... Uh, you want to get a, a soft nylon brush. Um, I just use an old toothbrush is what I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use you know just normal soap and water. Um, there's also a product out there called Real Magic. Uh, it's designed for reels to, to put on your line to keep it more supple and not get, uh, just get so brittle. Right. It's a great way to clean your rod too. Uh, and so I just all I do is I kind of here's what I literally what I do is I take a I've got a uh, a rack. Or a mount for cleaning my rifle, mm-hmm. right? And so it's—I think I paid fifteen bucks for it at Walmart. I take my rod and put it on there and kind of clamp it down. And so I'm a little work pinch, and I'll just go and I'll take that spray and spray the rod. And so I take my toothbrush and rub on both sides of the, uh, the line guide, uh-huh. and do the same thing with the the reel seat. Just clean it all off. Uh, come back with a lint-free rack. Another quick trick: uh, take a uh, Q-tip. Take a Q-tip and stick it in each guide. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, rub it around, and if any of that uh, cotton comes off, it means you got a nick in the ceramic of your guide, and what oh. will happen is that nick will wind up kitting your line, and you'll wind up breaking a lot. So it's a great way to see if all the inserts of your line guides are in good shape. So just take a Q-tip, run through there, and if it hangs up, you're like, all right, I'm going to have to replace that eye. So uh, it's a great way to do it. Uh, keep them clean, and now's the perfect time to do it. Yeah. Oh, so. Good tips. Yeah, man. You have to do a show on uh, on replacing those guides if you have to. Uh, yes, I will recommend you take it to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not going to do it here. <laughs> you know what? I am not good enough to do it. But uh, uh, one thing I will, if you've got cork, um, if you got cork candles, get some rubbing alcohol 
and some uh, cotton balls. Rub it. Make it look really good. Make sure you come back on and, and moisturize it afterwards. If not, it'll crack it. But Condition, yeah. Again, you can check out a lot of these cleaning tips on uh, YouTube, TWRA, and different places. So, hey, thanks for having me. I always love coming to the show. Don't forget the three main things, your faith, your family, and your fishing. Check me out, Jason Holland Fishing, on all the social media platforms. Love to connect with you. And, again, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. It's always fun having you here. You, you give us a lot of information and a lot of stuff to take home and think about. So There you go. I'm doing my job there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Don, thank you. Sure enough. And uh, this is Tennessee Wildcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.